Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with the local station. Hello there, and thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you joining us for another episode of Going Ringside. So glad you could be with us. The show continues to grow. As always, please give us a follow on both TikTok and Instagram at, at Going Ringside, where we are putting exclusive content all that all there uh, almost every day. A lot of the stuff on the Live Morgan arrest, which you've heard about in recent days and weeks. Uh, you know, we were one of the first ones to put it out there. The national media was kind of following going ringside on learning about that big news in the wrestling world when she was arrested on a third-degree felony for uh, synthetic marijuana possession in the state of Florida. Going ringside was right at the forefront of coverage on that. So if you give us a follow at, at going ringside on both TikTok and Instagram, we're getting exclusive stuff happening in this world that you won't see on the podcast every single day, uh, content you won't see anywhere else you can check out there. So give us a follow if you can. Today, I'm very very excited about the topic. We're going to be talking about arguably the greatest tag team of all time, the Dudley Boys, and we'll be joined in a little bit by Devon Dudley. But before we do that, I want to talk about something coming to the Jacksonville area, where if you're in our area in Florida, you may want to check this out. So I wanted to put it up on the screen right now. The Duval Brawl coming there in early January on a Saturday in Jacksonville. A big event there on January 6th. A uh, friend of the show, Elijah Burke, De Pope, will be putting it on. Some big names will be at the Duval Brawl. So uh, give it a check out. If you're in the area, you might want to go. Some great live wrestling action. If you do want to hit the Jacksonville area and check out the Duval Brawl on Saturday, January 6th. The, uh, uh, the event information is on your screen. So go check it out on January the 6th. Um, I want to get back to what we're talking about today. That would be arguably the greatest tag team of all time, the Dudley Boys. In a little bit, we're going to sit down with one half of that goat of all tag teams, maybe, and that would be Devon Dudley. Devon joins us here on the show to talk about his venture with his quote-unquote brother, Bubba Ray, uh, for really 25 years now, more than 25 years, more than a quarter century, one of the most well-known teams on the planet. So we're going to talk a lot about that. Afterwards, we're going to talk to, uh, once again, Elijah Burke will be with us, because I wanted to ask Elijah about his feud with Devon Dudley and TNA in the early 2000s. They had a big feud. He has a great perspective on uh, Devon and the Dudley boys, what kind of workers and talent they were. And then later on in the show, at the end of the show, we're going to talk to the Triple Threat Wrestling Podcast based out of Chicago um, to talk a little about the impact of the Dudley boys and the greatest tag teams of all time. He's got a ranking for us. You'll want to hear it a little later on in the show. But let's talk about who these guys, the Dudley boys, are. You know, they are in that debate for the greatest of all time. And you will, I'll ask Yvonne about that in a little bit. I, mean, I think historically, the team that everyone has said is the top is the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. They were in every company. They dominated every company, WCW, NWA, AWA, WWF, and eventually WWE, barely. Um, but they were the premier tag team on the planet 
everyone wanted them. They had what was called the Road Warriors pop or the Legion of Doom pop. When they when their music played and you heard What a Rush, everyone went nuts. And no one could really compare to them. There's some debates on if the Hart Foundation or the Steiner Brothers did. But I think a general consensus among most diehard longtime wrestling fans is the LOD, the Road Warriors, were the greatest of all time. But around the turn of the century and into the 2000s, that debate has kind of shifted because you've had this one team that has been there, been everywhere. They were in ECW, WWF, WWE, and then TNA, and done so much winning titles all over the planet. There is a case to be made on whether or not the Dudley boys have eclipsed the Road Warriors. I think it's an itch. There is a case to be made, I think, on both sides of this. But let's talk a little about who the Dudley Boys were. So it's 1996, and you have Extreme Championship Wrestling, ECW, based in Philadelphia, uh, Paul Heyman's bunch. And you have all the guys like RVD, Sandman, Taz, all these guys, and they bring in. And I don't know a lot about their ECW run because I, I didn't have ECW where I was living at the time in 96. So I couldn't really watch it. But they had the Dudley family. They had uh, just all these different Dudleys. And you had one named Bubba Ray. He was this gla thick glasses. And he was kind of like almost a hillbilly nerd. And he stuttered. And he looked like he was a little maybe mentally slow. And that was... His character. That was Bubba Ray's character. At the same side, you had his quote unquote brother, Devon. Devon was the only black member of the Dudleys, and you had Bubba Ray, and they were supposed to be brothers. You could tell it was obviously fictitious. But they became very over in the hardcore format that was ECW in the mid 1990s. And so the Dudley Boys were a dominant tag team, but they hadn't really been introduced to the country. The hardcore ECW fan would watch them and like them and, you know, was into the Dudley Boys. But it wasn't until 1999 when they were really introduced to the planet. When the ECW was on its last legs and gradually going out of business as a promotion. And WWF started bringing in some of their talent. And a lot of the talent wasn't brought in. And WWF didn't have much to do with them. But a few did come over. You had Tommy Dreamer, Rob Van Dam, Taz, I think, are three of the biggest names that came over during kind of what was a merger around the year 2000, and the Dudley Boys. And this is when tag team wrestling in the World Wrestling Federation, eventually WWE, I argue is it one of its tops ever. You know, when you discuss greatest tag team um, divisions of all time. You think of late 80s, early 90s, WWF with the Hart Foundation, Demolition, um, the British Bulldogs. You think of mid-80s NWA with the Rock and Roll Express, the Russians, the Road Warriors, of course. And really, I would say the late 90s WWE Attitude Era does not get enough credit because you have the Dudleys, you have the Hardy Boys coming into their own. You have Edge and Christian coming into their own. You have the Acolytes becoming the APA. And the Dudleys come in, and, and a lot of the fans didn't really know who they were. Devon is there kind of well, almost with his um, 
black preacher shtick. Uh, he would say, testify, Bubba Ray, and stuff like that. And then you had Bubba Ray, and he's this just this guy who looks slow, and he would stutter a lot, and that's their character. And fans, I don't think, unless they followed them, didn't really know what to make of them. Who are these guys? So they made them bad guys because they had all these other popular teams that people would cheer for. So you have the Dudley boys there. But as the months went by from 99 into 2000, people start to appreciate them. And they start doing the thing with the tables. They started putting people through tables. And it would be... Um, Devon, get the tables. Bubba Ray, get the tables. And people would start going through tables. And then they had that iconic match at, I think, at WrestleMania when the Hardy Boys are coming into their own and Edge and Christian are coming into their own as a tag team, tables, ladders, and chairs. Or they have a match and blow the roof off the joint at a WrestleMania with tables, ladders, and chairs. And they're throwing each other's off of ladders. They're hitting each other with chairs and putting each other through tables. Stuff that a lot of the WWE audience had never really seen before at that level. ECW had been doing it on a smaller scale. But to do it at a WrestleMania, which is the Super Bowl of wrestling, was a big deal. And the Dudleys were made. The Dudleys were immediately popular with the fans for this just crazy stuff they're doing throwing people through tables and then they did stuff that would immediately get them canceled in the modern day and age but in the controversial attitude era they got away with it and that was putting women wrestlers through tables um and they would go it was very controversial back then but today I don't think WWE would ever do something like this, but in the late 90s, they were. And Bubba Ray would put a lot of the female wrestlers through tables and get all the almost this just trance look on his face like he was in a trance when he would put a female wrestler through a table and knock her out. And the one that was the most famous, and you can look it up right now, is when they put Mae Young through a table, a woman in her mid-80s they put through a table. And Mae Young, as everyone will tell you in real life, is one of the toughest women you'd ever meet, even though she was in her 80s. And she was probably the one who would say, put me through the table. Um, so that was something they kind of became known for, was putting people, putting female wrestlers through tables. It was just kind of shock television. But as the years went by, they became entrenched as a primary top tag team in WWE. Through 2005, they were on again, off again through 05, and then they eventually leave um, and go to really the formation of total nonstop action TNA, where TNA was really the first company following the demise of WCW to try and take on WWE, um, and they brought in a lot of top names to try and compete with the juggernaut that was WWE. And two of the top names that they would use were the Dudleys. And this is when, as any longtime good wrestler will do, they start to really change their image, change their approach, change their gimmick. Um, Bubba Ray became, uh, and Devon, they kind of changed their names. I think they call themselves Team 3D. And Bubba Ray loses a lot of weight, gets away from that old look of this guy from, you know, living in the backwoods somewhere who can't talk. 
he loses a lot of weight. He starts looking more like a, you know, a guy on the street in New York City. Um, and he just changes his shtick. And they kind of split. They do their own thing. They're two of the primary faces of TNA during its peak years from 2005 to 08. Of course, uh, Bully Ray is what he's called. He becomes one of their biggest names. He is uh, doing podcasts now. He's one of the best, really, wrestler-turned-media members in the last 10 to 15 years. Devon does a ton of stuff. He's still all over the place, and he was kind of the guy who brought in Dave Batista. Dave Batista, and we're going to ask him about this in this interview, Dave Batista, when he came in, as he's Batista, he came in as kind of the bodyguard um, for Devon. Eventually, Dave Batista becomes one of the biggest names in the company, and then he becomes an actor, and he's one of Marvel's big names in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, and Dave Batista is arguably the greatest wrestler turned actor in history. Many argue better than Dwayne Johnson or John Cena. And Devon is kind of the guy who brought him into the national spotlight and was the first guy to bring Dave Batista onto the national stage. So they've just had just an amazing run over the last 25, 27 years, I guess it's been, really since they started this Dudley Boys um, team and, and, and stable and then gone off and done all their other stuff. And, uh you know, and Bully Ray is now, you know, doing his radio stuff and doing his podcast stuff. One of the best in the industry at it. Um, Devon doing so much. I met up with him here in Jacksonville, Florida at a wrestling convention at a River City Wrestling Con convention where we sat down with him. Very nice guy. Immediately opened up to me. Told me some just great stuff. Great interview. One of the things I asked him about, we started talking about Mr. T. And the impact Mr. T had on this industry in the 1980s. He said if it wasn't for Mr. T, you may not have WWE in its form today. You may not have had WrestleMania in its form today. He had some very interesting perspective on that. As a guy who's roughly my age, grew up in the 1980s, and really influenced him to get into this world. So let's get to it right now, and then we're going to come back, talk to Elijah Burke and the Triple Threat Wrestling Podcast later on in the show. But here is my interview with Devon Dudley. Well, we are excited to be joined now by uh, legendary wrestler Devon Dudley. Devon, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So talk to me a little about what you've been up to in the last few years. You are arguably on the greatest tag team franchise of all time. Well, you know, i got to understand when you say arguably, there's no other tag team that has done yeah. as much as we've done. True. We're the most decorated tag team with 24 tag team world titles. My God. And every company we've ever been with, including overseas in Japan. So I'm very happy for the accomplishments that I have done in my 33 career, 33 year career. So how did it start? Did it all start in ECW with Paulie or was it before then? Well, yeah, it started in ECW because at that point in time, no one would have given us a chance. No one was looking at us. No one even bothered looking our direction. Paulie saw something and decided, you know what? I'm going to use these guys to come in and help further my company. And he used me and Bubba, and we've been going ever since. So how did the formation, the idea of the Dudleys come in? Because I wasn't watching ECW. You had more than just you and Bubba back then. Yeah, I believe there was nine Dudleys. And what happened was... Um, 
it was a gimmick that was in, created by Raven, a wrestler who was in ECW. Raven really started that? It was Raven and Taz. They got together and decided that they wanted to do something from the movie Hot Shot with Paul Newman, where they were hockey players and they were they were like the the misfit of the hockey you know division in the movie. And there was a guys called the Handsome Brothers who were nerds. They had glasses with tape with white tape around them or black tape. And they looked like total nerds on the ice. I mean outside of the ice. But when they were in the ring they were ass kickers. And that's where the Dudleys were formed. So it's I just saw a clip on you on the internet from ECW today kicking a guy out of the ring when I think you were honoring Rick Rude. Do you recall that at all? Well, no, it wasn't a guy. This We were honoring Rick Rude. We were giving him a 10-bell salute because he had just passed. Yeah. And there was a lady in the front row that was being extremely disrespectful. Yeah. And from what I remember and I recall, as even when we're doing a 10-bell salute and it's silent, she's causing some type of, I don't know what do you want to call it, disturbance where she was sitting. And I just remember everybody, when the 10-bell salute was over, Paul Heyman took the mic, reamed her out, and basically Bubba followed. And then we were all like, get the hell out of our arena. Paulie went in his pocket, pulled the ticket money out, gave her a double, and told her to leave. So why has no one ever really got the excitement that ECW did? You have all these different types of organizations. Well, you have to understand, ECW came around when there was no other wrestling or just nobody was doing what we were doing in ECW. So it was brand new. It went from Hulk Hogan, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and do your training, your traditional pro wrestling, to now picking up a frying pan or picking up a kendo stick and knocking the hell out of your opponent. No one had ever seen that before. No one ever seen taking a barbed wire bat and ripping it across somebody's skin. So it was new. It was innovative. It was something that the wrestling world was ready for. And they didn't want the old, you know, and no disrespect to Hogan, but they were tired of the, you know, the say your prayers, eat your vitamin. They wanted something more edgier. I like to say that we were like the group Nirvana. Kurt Cobain. We came in and we just blew it out the water. You know, I remember, you know, growing up, I used to listen to, you know, the hair bands, you know, the Motley Crue, things yeah. like that. And then all of a sudden, grunge comes in and just knocks it all out. I was pissed. I loved, I loved Motley Crue and them. Yeah. So when they came in and took over, I was mad. I stopped listening to music. So I think ECW was that. So you eventually get called up to WWE. How does that process come about? Because I know there had been overlap between WWF and ECW for a while. But eventually the merger happens. Does Vince call you or what happens well, with that? No, there was no merger. What happened was Paul Lee was working with the WWE at the time. It was kind of like an extended uh, breeding ground for the company, so to speak. Because they already had USWA in Memphis with Jerry Lawler and his dad. So they were doing stuff over there. So they were using ECW as a breeding ground as well. And a lot of people didn't know that. There were certain things over the years and over the weeks and months that we kind of realized that Paulie and Vince were working together. Although Paulie denied it, but still, that's Paul. 
but we kind of knew. And there were certain things, there were certain storylines, there were certain things we were seeing on TV, and we were like, no way in hell Vince did that. This is Paul. So you guys are as known as other, any other time in your career for the Hardys and Edge and Christian. What was it like working with them? Phenomenal. I love those guys a lot. I named my son after Matt Hardy. That's how close we are. And it was just a tremendous time during that time. I mean, you had the Hardys, you had Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, Too Cool, APA, Kai and Ty. You had so many tag teams, Undertaker and Kane. I mean, it was a truly a tremendous time back then. What was it like working with Undertaker and Kane? Scary. It was? <laughs> well, you got two big men, one of them seven feet tall, yeah. that's coming at you. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. And it's all legal, so they can do whatever they want. So along the way in WWF, WWE, your gimmick, your your persona kind of changes. Uh, Bubba Ray starts with the stuttering, but then he starts to become a little more cool along the way. You start to the whole almost preacher gimmick. How does that come about? Well, Bubba started that in ECW, so that was something that he did way back in ECW. The preacher gimmick for me, my character was based off of Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction, and Mr. T. So when Mr. T would, in Rocky, when he would start beating people and, you know, Sylvester Stallone or whatever, he would talk to them as he was beating them. Why did you like Mr. T? Was it from wrestling or just from all the other stuff you did? you grew up in the 80s, a a black kid in the projects, and Mr. T in the 80s was the biggest thing ever going during that time after Rocky III. You wanted to be Mr. T. Do you think he did a lot for for wrestling? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if it wasn't for him, would there be a WrestleMania? Let's put aside Hogan, Piper, Mr. Wonderful, Snooker, and Orton, who are huge names yeah. during that time. But the media was not looking at wrestling until stars like Cindy Lauper, Mr. T., Liberace, and even Muhammad Ali as a special guest referee. And like Hulk Hogan going on the A-Team and Rocky Three, think that was big? It was huge. It was a, it was a genu- it was like a crossover. It was like what rap and rock and roll, what Aerosmith and Run DMC did for music during that time. When Walk This Way came out, like rap fans and rock and roll fans were totally different. And then when Aerosmith and Run DMC came together and did the remake of Walk This Way, it brought a whole new generation together. And I think that's what happened. So you eventually, did you go to TNA after that, or how did that transition? After my WWE run, the first run, from 1999 to 2005, we had a contract dispute, and we wind up walking away and leaving. We went to TNA for 10 years, uh, had a hell of a run in TNA, loved it. Um, and then eventually we came back home to WWE in 2015. What was TNA like? Well, TNA was kind of like there was too many chefs running uh, the asylum, so to speak. Was it similar to stories I hear about WCW? Oh, very similar. Um, I love Dixie to death. Dixie is a tremendous person, but I think she was way over her head in dealing with a bunch of misfits <laughs> in terms of us because you have to be a special kind of breed to understand pro wrestlers. What I like to say is what works in the real world doesn't work in the wrestling world. And what works in the wrestling world 
Show us how long work in the real world. I'm learning that. I'm a news anchor for 25 years. They have me hosting a wrestling show now. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a whole different world. It's the a answer. whole different world. And I think Dixie didn't know that before getting in. Dixie tried to do things that you would normally do in the world as we, you know, how we get along and yeah. how to make our money. But it doesn't work that way. You have to adjust to the wrestling world before you take the real world in consideration. You helped bring Batista in, or on camera you did. What was that like? It was great working with Dave. I mean, to actually be with him and to have him uh, basically learn, you know, some stuff from me. And then after leaving me, of course, he went to Triple H and Ric Flair. I like to say when he was with me in the very beginning, that was like kindergarten, pre-K, kindergarten, elementary school, and junior high. When he left me, he went to high school and college and got his master's degree with Ric Flair and uh, Triple H. So you guys are extremely still um, viral for all the people you put through tables. Give me some table stories. Well, I think one of the biggest one is with Mae Young. That's the most famous one. The yeah. mo- the, and putting an 89-year-old woman through a table. So let's start. Let's stop right there. How does the May Young thing pitch to you? How has that come about? Vince says, "Look, I have this idea. We want to put May Young through a table." And she's like 80. Yeah, and we were just like, "Okay." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I think this will make you guys instant bad guys." We looked at him and we went, "No, it won't." <laughs> It was like, you have no idea what you're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, with all due respect, you're Vince McMahon. I get it. But we know how this is going to work. And we're not denying anything, you know, with your years and years of experience and what you've done. This is not going to work. It's going to make us instant baby faces. And that's exactly what it did. Along the way, you start doing the Budweiser. Was, ah! How did that come that about? That was Bubba's idea. We were leaving. It was funny. We were leaving the Amway Arena. In Orlando, we had just got done with the show. I had my sayings. I had testify, or my brother testify. Yeah, I remember testifying. I had my three commandments, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, and thou shalt not mess with the deadlies, but we used the F word. And we, I had so many things, so Bubba goes, we need something together. You know what? Why don't we do that, that Bud, Budweiser commercial? I go, what? What are you talking about? He goes, what up? I go, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> I'm never doing that. Forget it. He goes, Devon, just try it. I go, no, it's stupid. I'm not standing there looking out my tongue going, what up? No, I'm not doing that. And so we get to the arena one. We, the next week we get to the arena, and he goes, can you just try it once for me, please? I said, fine. So we did it a couple of times, and he goes, I think it's getting over. I go, no, it's not. I go, it sucks. Fast forward a few months after that, we're by the ring doing SmackDown. We're about to take on The Rock and The Undertaker in the tag team match and the tables match. And I remember... Vince coming out, one of the rare times that he comes out, he goes, so how's everything going? I go, oh, we're going great. We're almost done getting this together. He goes, great. Let me ask you a question, Devon. That thing that you and Bubba do, when Bubba slams the guy on the ground, you go up to the top rope, and you jump into the guy's crotch area. But before that, you do some sign where you go, what up? He goes, I go, oh, that's called the what's up. I go, we're not doing that. I go, it's god awful. I said, I hate it. We're not doing it. I said, don't worry about it. He goes, oh, no, you're going to do it tonight. <laughs> and I just went, that's what I mean. We're going to do the what's up tonight. <laughs> so you mentioned a lot of Bubba Ray. What's the deal with him? So in 1997, he's this 
overweight guy, glasses, 2017. He's like got chains. He's slim. He's, he looks like a cool guy on the street. Well, it's like anything else in professional wrestling. You can't stay with a persona you just started off with. People get tired. They get irritable with it. You have to start changing your look. You have to start changing you. You have to reinvent yourself. So as of now, uh, you're in flux. You've got things probably on the horizon. You can say that. i got a lot of big things on the horizon. Okay, well, we'll be watching. Devon Dudley, thanks so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate pleasure. it. Thank thanks. you, sir. Very nice guy. So happy we could sit down with Devon to talk. And, and you have to have that debate. Greatest tag team of all time. Very possibly. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, I want to bring in friend of the show, Elijah Burke. Uh, he's based here in Jacksonville, Florida, where we're based, also DePope. Now, Elijah Burke goes to TNA in the early 2000s. And i got to admit, of all the things in wrestling history that I don't know a lot about, I don't know a ton about TNA. I just wasn't watching when it was popular in the early 2000s. But I do know that Elijah feuded with Devon uh, for a while. One of Elijah's big feuds in his career was there with Devon Dudley in TNA in the early 2000s. So I wanted to ask him about that. Tell us your opinion on Devon Dudley, what he was like as a performer, what he was like as a guy to feud with. Get, we wanted your opinion on that. Here's our interview with the Pope, Elijah Burke, about working with Devon. Tell me about Devon Dudley. Devon, I call the old... At this point in time, old spindly leg man, the old captain him. Man, Devon had a, a great time in TNA together, man, and he's been a big brother to me. Uh, I love Devon. Uh, we've had, never had a bad moment, never had bad words. Just a great guy. Uh, loved to laugh, loved to have fun. And the, one of the best views I've ever had was when I took his kids, his two boys, his twins, Terrence and Tor Terrell, away from him. Uh-huh. And, um, and had his, uh, their mom at the same time. So that was one of the greatest uh, fuse for me that I've had. As far as the Dudley boys, where do you see them as greatest tag teams of all time? Because I Not think... Free. Top three. Top three. That's kind of what everyone says. Yeah. It's them, Road Warriors, and whoever the third yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. Well, actually, on my podcast, uh, Pope's point of view with Elijah Burke, which I didn't plug, but I'll tell it now. Yeah. Uh, we actually did a top five greatest tag teams, and um, Dudley Boys were definitely in the top five. But you got the Road Warriors, yeah. Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. Tully and Arn. Yeah. You know, yeah. Steiners. So the Steiners. Steiners so many, Demolition. Hartford. So many greats. Yeah. Yeah, but the Dudleys are definitely up there. If someone want to argue the top three, they can't argue the top five. Sure, sure. Elijah, thanks. Hey, man, no problem. So top three, top five. I didn't even know that he took uh, Devon's kids during their feud. It's interesting. I just... I gotta go back and watch all this TNA stuff that I missed. So many years of it. Um, but on that note, on the greatest tag teams of all time. So Elijah Burke right there says top three, top five guaranteed. He said top three when I first when I first asked him. He goes top three. And then he thinks well uh, maybe top five when you start thinking about it because there were so many good teams. But Dudleys are definitely in that conversation of greatest top three, top five. I think it really comes down to your opinion. There is no real right answer because wrestling is, of course, a subjective form of entertainment, who you like the best. But most people will say, you know, top three, top five, the Dudleys are there. So we reached out to the Triple Threat podcast based out of Chicago to come join us today on the show and talk a little about the Dudley boys and the greatest tag teams of all time. So here's our interview with the Triple Threat podcast.
Well, we are joined right now by Travis Brewer with the Triple Threat Wrestling Podcast based out of Chicago, I think, right? Travis, is that Correct, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Tell me Thanks all about your on. show, where people can find it, how they listen. Uh, so, yeah, we're on YouTube, uh, TikTok. Uh, you can find it, Triple Threat Wrestling um, would be the handler. Um, we do a lot of top five lists. We break down the um, whatever happens during the week. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I'm a big fan of you on TikTok. I watch all your, your content on there and YouTube, too. So, Well, we appreciate it. And a plug, you know, follow us on the at Going Ringside if you're able. Thanks for joining us again, Travis. So, Travis, we're here to talk about, we just had Devon Dudley on. Talk to me about what you think this team is as far as their impact on the wrestling world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Um, I actually have them ranked number two in my all-time tag okay. teams. Um, cause I gotta go with the Hart Foundation. I grew up watching them, but. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, the Dudley Boys, the impact they left. I mean, um, you know, uh, power bombing, you know, May Young through a table, right? Like, that is, remember as, the as awkward as that is, it is still one of the most famous, I think, moments of the Attitude Era. Maybe the most famous point of their career. Yeah. Yeah, and and they were tough. I mean, you just knew that when you were in the ring with them, it wasn't going to be an easy match. So they were they were tough guys. So like you talked about your top, you say Hart Foundation is number one. They're number two. Kind of tell me you do top five. Tell me your top five. All right, I could do the top five. So we got Hart Foundation number one. Uh, I would do Dudley Boys number two. Um, I would go Edge and Christian number three. I think really? They okay. Had the, the longevity um, and the TLC ladder matches. I mean, those really defined the tag team wrestling in that era yeah. that I watched. Um, then I go back old school. I like the Road Warriors uh, a lot, uh, and then I'd go Hardy's number five. Why do you? Because Road Warriors on a lot of lists I've seen are top number one. Why do you put them? I think you said number four there. Why do you think Dudleys are above them? Because that's the one, in my opinion. Road Warriors are often kind of the benchmark for the greatest of all time, and then you know I'm talking to some Dudley fans who say they may have eclipsed the Road Warriors. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the Dudleys have won multiple championships throughout multiple organizations. Um, I, I know Road Warriors have two, but so for me, the when I was like in the um, the biggest part of my wrestling watching, it was like Dudley Boys and um, you know Edge and Christian, sure, um, yeah, Hardy. So um, Road Warriors, I would watch them as a kid when I was renting all the videos at the video store, but it didn't really resonate to me how great they were. Um, so I just, I put them above, or Dudley boys above just because I will watch them a lot more. So the Dudleys get their primary start that they were even introduced to a national audience in ECW with the hardcore, with Taz, with RVD, with guys like that. Some guys like Sandman, maybe Tommy Dreamer, you know, they, they had a little success, but the Dudleys had major success coming out of ECW. I think only really maybe RVD and maybe Taz, but. Dudleys have really done well out of that ECW stable and, and continue to be, remain relevant to this day. Why do you think of all the ECW alumni that Dudley boys did so well? Um, I think that the way they came, uh, connected to the crowd, I mean, the crowd was super over for them, you know, get the tables, um, the way that they just wanted to see them, you know, mess someone up. Right. Sure. Um, and like you said, I mean, a lot of the tag team division in ECW as well was, more of thrown together wrestlers like Sabu and Rob Van Dam won the tag team titles or so there wasn't like there's only a few good tag teams that like in that division like Public Enemy or the full blooded Italians, right? So yeah. I think Dudley Boys just had the crowd way more behind them because they were an actual tag team that was just super over. 
And I just carried over through the organizations they went to. So I got to say to our viewers, full disclosure, I've never been a TNA guy. Not that I didn't like it. I just wasn't watching at that time. I've seen, you know, clips online. But when I do watch old YouTube clips of TNA, which I was never a regular watcher of, two of the guys who were there were Bubba Ray and Devon, whatever their names were in TNA. But they were always there. And they were kind of, I think, almost fixtures of that. Uh, Do you think the TNA run helped them, hurt them? What do you think of their TNA run? Because it's secondary. It's not WWE, but it was still, they were big names there. Yeah, it's a fun fact because I was reading an interview uh, before TNA Impact 1000. Uh, Devon Dudley had come on and said that TNA was a better run for them than WWE. I just don't simply think that's true. I think that they were given more time to shine as like singles wrestlers in TNA. Yep. I mean, Bully Ray was one of the biggest heels in the industry at that time in TNA. So uh, I think it helped them individually. I mean, but tag team legacy, uh, I, don't, I would not say that it helped them. They was already established by the time they'd gotten there. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, and, and they did, they kind of went singles and, and Bubba Ray, when he went to Bully Ray, he just looked like a totally different guy. I mean, when he started oh, yeah. out, he was that stuttering guy with glasses, and he loses weight, gets all tough looking. He definitely went through a major kind of character shift, I think, in those years. He did, yeah. That helped him quite a bit. Um, but I would not say it helped their tag team legacy for sure. And I'll back up one thing. Why do you, just off the subject, you say the Heart Foundation at the top. Why did you put the hearts up top? I love Bret Hart. He's my favorite of all time. Uh, anything yeah. he touched, I mean, one of the greatest in-ring technicians. Uh, and Jim Neidhart, just that big, tough guy behind him. I loved watching them. I just, it was one of those when you saw him, it just, that was your your tag team. Like, I would, I love them, so. Well, Travis Brewer with the Triple Threat Wrestling Podcast. One more time where people can find you. So, YouTube.com slash Triple Threat Wrestling is where you can find us. And also, TikTok um, slash at Triple Threat Wrestling. Uh, we post most of our content on there, so a lot of top five lists, and um, hopefully you like what you see on there. Travis, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So I appreciate them coming on. We'll have them on uh, again down the road. Um, so the Dudleys, their legacy, uh, they were inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2018. They still pop up places here and there just this year. They reunited on Team 3D, as they were called, reunited on Impact Wrestling. So they're one of those things, I mean, particularly Bubba Ray's so, you know, with his podcast and stuff, he's so entrenched as far as a wrestling media member, one of the best podcasts as far as ratings go in the country. They're always top five uh, as far as listenership and viewership and Devon all over the place. So... It, their, their legacy lives to this day, and they're still very active, relatively young. I mean, they still have many years ahead of them to do what they want um, in wrestling media, if they want to wrestle, if they want to find other avenues in the wrestling world. But still just one of those iconic tag teams that is still with us, still going strong. I find it interesting Edge and Christian inducted them into the Hall of Fame uh, in 2018 because... Three teams, I think, around the turn of the century were made as icons in this industry. Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, and the Dudleys. What they did with that TLC, the table ladders and chairs, it was just, it worked. There had been stuff with table spots. There had been ladder matches in the past, and and chairs were pretty much, you know, every hardcore match in the world. But they just melded. 
at that time together. And they really set the standard for the industry for this new acrobatic, hardcore form of wrestling for guys who were the size of Jeff Hardy to the guys who were the size of Bubba Ray. They really um, leave a legacy that is still going, that is still great in this industry. But I want to thank everyone for joining us on this episode. Devon, we appreciate him joining us. Uh, Elijah Burke, friend of the show. And, of course, the Triple Threat Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for joining us for another episode. We will see you back here next week on Going Ringside. This has been Going Ringside with the local station. Brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player. On News 4 Jacks Plus, as well as the News 4 Jacks YouTube channel.